there's more to this life than I thought. And James inspires me. The things he says have encouraged me. It's like there's a walk, there's a path, and it's leading to something more real than I've ever known before. And it's exciting. I get around James and I hear things that help me in my life, my work. This work he talks about has become my work. I am excited about the possibility that other people could be affected. Other people could be inspired to work on themselves, to grow, to, to realize there's more to this life. This morning, I want to talk about something that fits right in with what we've been talking about already. It's about this work. This work may appear quite harsh and negative to people who believe in themselves. And when I say may appear, what I really mean is this work appears quite harsh and negative to those who believe in themselves. But the reason I say may is because people don't know they believe in themselves. And when people don't know they believe in themselves, they're very defensive about that, about themselves. Because they believe in themselves and they don't know they believe in themselves, they think they're being attacked, which of course is the basis of this whole thing. That would be all of us on this planet, just in case you were thinking it was those people who are listening and not us. That's not who I'm talking about. Who I'm actually talking about is us, you and I, those of us who are sitting here, those of us who can hear my voice, as it were. Those people are the ones who I'm talking about. Those people are the ones who are on this planet and who find this work harsh and negative. Do you find this work harsh and negative? Yeah. Well, you will again. As a matter of fact, if I do my job, you will today. And Mila is probably thinking, well, Steve just coughs, so I'm pretty sure he thinks he's going to find it hard and <laughs> negative shortly. Right, yeah. And yeah, of course, Mila is right. The self-love takes exception to hearing, we all live in imagination and are full of self-merit. But I say that a lot, all the time. And the reason I say that a lot all the time is because I'm a horrible person. No, the reason I say that a lot all the time is because that's what the work says all the time. The work says we're full of self-merit and we live in imagination. That's what the work says. And it says it again and again and again in so many different ways. Smile, Diana. It's not the end of the world just yet. That's still five minutes to go. And who knows what could happen in that five minutes. You have a lot of suffering that you could get in in five minutes. So smile. You could be suffering instead of, you know, just sitting there waiting to suffer. Well, it's, well, come on, it's what we do. I mean, you've got to know this about yourself. You've got to know you love your suffering. You are defined by it. You can't stand not suffering. <laughs> Someone comes to take along your suffering, you get out the psycho knife. You had the shower scene from Psycho. If you've seen this shower scene from Psycho, it's pretty funny today compared to what it was. Do you remember it scared the daylights out of you back in the day when it came out? The self-love takes exception to hearing that. We, we all live in imagination or full of self-merit. Upon hearing this, many people tell me, well, I don't feel like a good person like you say that I feel. I don't think that I'm generous and I don't think that I'm this. In fact, I don't really like myself. I have a terrible self-image. I always think that I'm bad and I always... Have you done this? Because you're laughing. So I, you must be laughing because either you've done this or you've heard somebody do this or you've done this and you heard somebody do this and when you heard them do it, you observed yourself and said, oh my God, I do that. Or maybe you just listen to yourself when I say that. And if you listen to yourself when I say that, you know that you have objections. Well, wait, I don't think I'm so wonderful. Oh, yes, you do. You think you are so wonderful. No, I do not. And then you, you come up with a list. Have you come up with a list oh, yes. of the things, your faults? Yeah, you have the list of faults. You can enumerate them. The things that you don't feel good about, the things that you're working on, the things that you just realize that just not good things about you. You liar. But you don't believe that because you think that what you think is true because you believe in yourself, because you think that you're thinking. When actually the truth is there's no one there to think. You're a fiction. 
You don't even exist. Your mind and your thoughts are fictitious. But it's like, how dare you say that? How do you know that? Now, I don't say that. The work says that. This is not James Parkinson saying this. This is the work saying this. I'm simply telling you what the work says, and I'm trying to apply it in a practical way to our lives, which is the one thing that people seem to miss in this step with this work. They seem to miss this little step of applying it practically to their own life, to your life, to my life, to our lives. That is the little step that seems to be missing. So they feel quite the opposite. Well, I have a terrible self-image. It's one of the things that I've been working on for years. I've been like this ever since I was a child. I've never felt good about myself. I've always wanted to be blah, 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 blah. So you know this one. They have self-doubt, self-loathing. They think they're not such good people. And this subtle form of self-justifying is very effective. What is the purpose of self-justification? Let's just be clear about this. The end result is they remain the same as before. So the purpose of self-justification is to remain the same, to not change. So if we really do believe that we're so horrible, why is it that we're so willing to remain the same, not change? Well, I'll tell you why. Because it's a lie that we really believe we're so horrible. It's a lie. The worse we feel about ourselves, the better we are. Absolutely. Absolutely. The worse we feel about it. I've told you this before. It's the guilt. Bad people feel good when they do something bad. Only good people feel bad when they do something bad. We all know that. If you have no remorse, you're a bad person. You're a psychopath. You're a sociopath. You're just a bad person. There's something wrong with you. But if you feel bad when you do something good, then you're a good person. And the worse you feel, the better you are. So it stands to reason, then, that you need to feel bad in order to be good. This Tigger logic doesn't set well with us because the truth doesn't set well with us. But this is the truth. This is how we operate. If you get out of line with this, if you start to do what other people call bad and you smile about it and you're okay with it, you'll find out that this is not acceptable in our society. Absolutely not acceptable. So this subtle form of self-justifying is very effective. This prevents any self-development. If we are so upset with ourselves and if we're so disgruntled with ourselves and we see so much room for improvement, why is it that we don't make it? Why is it that we use this form of self-justifying so that we don't change, so that we don't develop? Well, the reason is because we don't really believe that there's anything wrong with us. Taking the work as a negative force comes from identification with imaginary I. We hear this every week, but we don't understand it because we fail to apply the idea to ourselves. You fail to apply the idea that you are imaginary I to yourself. It's just that simple. You do not believe it. You don't believe it because you have not observed it enough. Oh, maybe you've caught a glimpse of it, but you quickly brush it over, push it aside, or cover it up with something else. The truth is, you do not exist. The truth is, you are a fictitious person. The truth is, you're a story written with water-soluble ink but you don't have any water. And the work is the water. It's the truth. And you've got to get that on your story. You've got to wash your story with the water, with the truth. You've got to get that on there. And it'll start to wash away some of those words. It'll start to wash away some of that ink. And you'll have an opportunity to see what's really there underneath all of that ink. Ospensky said, all of you here are working in imagination. You are imagining that you work on yourselves but actually, when anything happens to you in life which makes you identify, you completely forget that this is what you have to work on. Of course, in your mind, you've got an example right now of how you didn't do that. I could see it on your face. I, I didn't. Not every time. And this is it. We want to justify ourselves. This is exactly it. We want to be right. This is the problem. Breathe your last on that. Just let it go right now. 
The idea is not to justify yourself and stay the same. The idea is to allow this work to wash over you and start to wash yourself away. To start to wash this story of your self-righteousness away. To wash this story about how hard this work is, how positively negative it is. I was thinking about it and I thought, people talk about this work being negative. And it is negative, positively negative. In other words, it is negative to the part of us that does not exist, the false part of us. But it's positive to the part of us that is real because it affirms the part of us that is real. But it denies the part of us that is not real. What does that mean it denies it? It denies its reality. It doesn't deny that it's there. It denies its reality. It denies its ability to be real. It says it's a fiction. And it doesn't like that at all. People have told me, thinking of the work most days was a good thing. Like, you know, so I'm really doing better. I, I'm thinking of the work most days. You know, I, I'm thinking about the ideas. Do you know this one? Thinking about the ideas. So, so this is really good. That's great. Are you changing? Whether or not you're thinking about the ideas means nothing. The question is, are you changing? Did you just shake your head no? <laughs> That's a change. Are you still entangled in everyday identifying? Are you still entangled in upset relationships? then thinking about the work every day isn't enough. There must be more to it. And see, that's positively negative. What is the first thing we think about that? Man, oh man, we get all upset about that, right? Instead of just saying, okay, well, great now, good, that's great, 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 good news, thank you. I needed to hear that. It's not enough just to think about this work. I've got to do something else now. We talked a little bit about yesterday what that something else is and how we could do it. Thinking of the work is nice. Bringing it into incoming impressions at the moment and changing our mechanical reactions to those incoming impressions is better. Thinking about the work is just great. That's great. That's a good start. Wonderful. I'm very happy for you. I'm happy for all of us. That's good. Think about the work every day. Think about some of these work ideas every day. Meditate on them. Do whatever it is you have to do. That's wonderful. What I really would like you to do is bring the work to incoming impressions while they're coming in and start to change your mechanical reaction to things at the moment, not two minutes later, not when you like the email, that funny kind of email. It's difficult. I'm sure you're aware. He says to me, you know, all this stuff. And when what I meant was, sure, enjoy being a jerk as long as you need. Well, OK, I've got that in me. There's an I in me that says exactly that. And there's this I in me that also says, okay, take however long you need, I understand. There is an I in me that understands why you're being a jerk. There is an I. But there is a herd of other eyes. <laughs> there's this gang of other eyes that say, yeah, go ahead, enjoy being a jerk as long as you need to, you creep. There's a lot of eyes. There's a chorus of those voices. And there's one single little I that says, I understand, take as long as you need. Now, the question is, are you going to be able to go with that better I as those impressions that are coming in? are coming in and being interpreted by the gang of little eyes that say, you're being a jerk, you're being a jerk. Are you going to be able to apply the work idea to yourself that you are not one, that you are exactly what you're looking at, that what you are seeing in that other person is exactly in you, that that is exactly what you need to see in yourself? Are you going to apply that in that moment? Or are you going to go, mm, oh, this is so tasty. Oh, he's really being a jerk now. Oh, I've got him now. Oh, look at him now. Look at him squirm. Oh, he must really be mad now. I'm winning. Are you going to do that? And can you see that that's exactly what that is? That's all those little eyes are about. They're all about winning. They don't care at all about you. 
They don't care all at all about your SO. All they care about is winning, and they don't care who they destroy. They don't care. That's collateral damage. They don't care. Nothing else matters. Being right is the only thing. When you talk about being the work being positively negative, that's positively negative. The fact that we are willing to destroy everything is positively negative. This work teaches we always forget and can never apply it to ourselves in the right way. We object to that. Well, I don't always forget. I remembered one time. For all intents and purposes, you always forget. How do I know that? You'll forget what you remembered. So you may remember it. You may have remembered it this time, but you will not always remember it. You will forget it again, and you will continue to forget it over and over and over again. You know this, but instead we want to object. Why? Because we want to be right. Why? Because we want to protect the self-love. Why? Because we're identified with the self-love. We're identified with imaginary I. We think we are imaginary I. We think we have to protect it. So someone comes along and they say nasty things to us. We think we have to respond. We think they're talking about us. <laughs> this is the strange thing. They're not talking about us. They don't know us. We don't know us. They're talking about some stranger that you don't even know. But yet, you feel the need to defend that stranger that you don't even know because you're identified with that stranger that you don't even know. So, here we are. We always forget we can never apply it to ourselves in the right way. This is positively negative. Where's the hope in that? Where's the hope in that? You always forget you never apply it to yourself in the right way. There's no hope in that. It's just like, why should we try? Isn't that what comes up? Why should I even try? Why should I struggle? What's the point? It's not going anywhere. It's not happening. I'm not getting any better. What? I'm never going to change. Yeah, I'm never going to change. You just said so. You know, you just said so. The work says this. The work says that. So you just said so. So what's the point then? The meaning of this work dawns on us ever so slowly over many years of practical application. Over many years of practical application. How many years have we been doing this? Let's not even remember. This has been a long time. But all of a sudden, I've noticed that things are popping for the group all over. This little pop here, pop there. Not just that, but all over the group, the extended group. I talked to a girl in Macedonia yesterday, and little things were popping for her. She's beginning to see little things. And they're the same kinds of little things that we're seeing here. And I love the people in Macedonia because it's so difficult for them to speak English that they don't have the command of pretense the way we do. So it takes so much force to get out a single idea in English that is just stripped of all the pretense that we put on our ideas. It's stripped of all of the looking good. It's just, they're just happy to communicate it. She was just so happy to communicate the idea. I tell you, it's disarming to have someone just tell the truth, to just hear the truth without looking good, without saving face, just to tell the truth. She said to me, I talked to, it was Mile's sister, she said, I talked to Mile about you living here. I want you to live here so that you're always here. <laughs> you know, nobody says that, right? You don't, you don't say that to people. I want you to always be here. I want you to live here so that you're always here. It's like, well, you know, that's kind of funny. And Mele told her, well, if there were a million James here, it still doesn't help you work. And she said, well, but, but that's not true. It does help me work. When he's around, it is easier for me to work. It's easier when someone who's a little more awake is around you because it helps you to wake up a little more. Well, they're both right. Mile is right. If you, get, you were surrounded by people who are awake, if you're not working, nothing's going to happen. And if you're surrounded by people who are asleep and you're working, something's going to happen. But you see, this whole formatory idea of this or that is crazy. The truth is, yes, it is easier to work around people who are a little more awake. Why is it easier? Because they're a little more awake. There's a little more light in the room, so it's easier to see. 
in that light. If you want to see, that is, if you're not squinting with your eyes closed and your hands over your eyes, then, and your hands over your ears as well, then it's easier to work. If you don't want to work, of course, it's the same thing. It may be a little more difficult, or it may be easier not to work. You get around a bunch of people who are working, it may be easier for you not to work. You get around a bunch of people who are working, it may be easier for you to work. It depends on you and your work. That's what you have to see. That's what we all have to see, quite frankly. I've been just getting some rich emails lately from people, and I'd like to be able to read them all, but I talked about one of these people, and they said, thousands of people all over the world are objectifying my body, and blah, 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 blah. And I thought that was really hilarious, because, I mean, let's face it, nobody cares about you, except you. You're the only one who cares about you. They may think about you for a minute and just go, that's it, it's over. Nobody's laughing you to scorn. Nobody really thinks you're that important. And, whoa, our lip comes out on that one. Whoa. Uh, shut up. That's positively negative. Huh? Well, does the work say that or are you just a jerk? The work really says that and I'm a jerk. So it's not either or. See, this is the whole thing I'm trying to tell you. It's not either or. It's either this or that. It's not this formatory thing. Yes, the work really says that and I'm a jerk. Well, but how can you do that? Simple. I wake up in the morning a jerk. I go to sleep at night a jerk. I don't care. This work is for jerks. It's not for you people who are perfect. You people who are perfect and don't work. You don't need to work. You're perfect. It's those of us who are jerks and know it. Those of us who observed what we actually are. Those of us who have seen our dark side. Those of us, we know we need to work. It's the people who haven't observed themselves who don't need to work. To those people, this work is positively negative. This work is harsh. This work is hard. This work takes a toll on you. But to those of us who have begun to see, and trust me, I mean begun to see, only begun to see, what we're really like, this work is not harsh at all. It's not harsh enough. It needs to really dig in. But we can't handle it. So we take what we get and we're happy with it. I'm happy with the work. I love the work. It's my life. Why? Because it works. Just that simple. I've spent 40 years looking for stuff, over 40 years looking for stuff, sorting through stuff, studying stuff, practicing stuff. And this stuff works consistently if I use it. Not if I just study it, but if I actually practically apply it. And not only that, but I've seen other people do it, and it works for them, too. That's enough for me. I've seen enough lives change to know that if you follow this course, you will make it. You will come through. You will change your level of being. You will expand your consciousness. You will enter in through the narrow gate. You will get into the kingdom of heaven, which is an expanding state of consciousness. What does that mean? Well, get in it and find out. I don't even want to talk about it. There's just nothing to talk about. It's all just balderdash. Why even bother talking about it? Just do it. It's time to stop talking about it and start doing it. Well, it's time for you to stop talking about it and start doing it. I, of course, will keep on talking about it. <laughs> Observe how long it takes to challenge the life illusion of our oneness, that we have one permanent eye. Look at how many years we've been dealing with this, and we still don't have it. We still believe in imaginary eye. We still believe in ourselves. Then it's simply challenged it's not vanquished by any stretch of the imagination. And so when you bring up, well, well, it's not true, I don't always, blah, 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 blah. And I say, well, that's your objection. But the truth is it's challenged or you beat it this time, but it's not vanquished. You won the battle, but you haven't won the war. That is what this work is telling us. Look, it's a long, long war. You will have a lot of battles. Don't think just because you won a few here or there that you've won the war, because that's what we do. That's positively negative to the false personality. That's positively negative to the acquired part of us. That's positively negative to imaginary eye. Until we deeply grasp this idea, our life is full of contradictions, paradoxes, and oppositions. 
This is the result of believing in imaginary I. When your life is full of contradictions and paradoxes, it's because you believe in imaginary I. It's because you believe yourself to be this fictitious character that you now believe in. It has to go. There's only one way to make it go. You have to see it. There's only one way to see it. You have to observe it according to the way esoteric teachings tell you to observe it. You can't just look anywhere you want to observe it. You've got to look where it is. And you've got to look at the things that it does. If you go out into the field to see, observe a mouse or a rat or a bird, you have to be looking where they are. Anyone knows this. You have to be looking where they are. If you want to find a rose, you have to find a rose bush. You're not going to find a rose without a rose bush out there in the wild. People cut them and bring them in the house now, but, but out there in the wild, you've got to find a rose bush. You've got to find where roses come from. Same thing with anything else. You've got to see, and it takes somebody who knows to point it out to you. Somebody who knows has to point it out to you. That's the conscious circle of humanity. Those who have awakened need to point it out to us where we're asleep, how we're asleep, so that we can observe those things and see them for ourselves. And then we have to do it. It's not Like I said, it's not enough just to talk about it, to read about it. We have to deeply grasp this idea. This work has as its prime directive delivering us from this illusion so that we may find our real center of gravity in real eye instead of an imaginary eye. Where our center of gravity is now is an imaginary eye. Where we need to find it, where it needs to be, is in real eye. This work is about getting us there, removing this illusion. But the problem is, is that while this illusion is being removed and we're believing in the illusion, it seems positively negative to us. It seems like we're being torn apart. It seems like we're being torn down. It seems like we're dying. How else were we expecting to get the new birth? Well, I thought, you know, like I'd, like I'd go to sleep and wake up with the new birth, the new person, you know. I, I just thought it'd be like, well, you know, I thought it'd be easy. Take the blue pill. Yeah, well, it's just not that way. We were expecting it some other way. And how we know we're expecting it some other way is when the work seems harsh to us and positively negative, it's proof that we were expecting it some other way. It's proof that we were expecting the easy way, the soft way, the nice way, the happy way. Exactly. Caught up to the clouds. Exactly. This is what esoteric teachings call transformation or the new birth. Imaginary I must die so that we can inhabit real I. Bruce Nicole said the kingdom of heaven lies within you, and that means the realization of real I. I've told you before that the kingdom of heaven is expanding state of consciousness. You are not going to realize real I without an expanding state of consciousness. You have to expand your awareness. There is no other way. The problem is, is when you start expanding your awareness, you're going to see positively negative things about who you think you are now. And it's going to be painful to the degree that you are identified with who you think you are now. To the degree that you've been able to separate from that, you'll be able to laugh. You'll be able to say, well, so... You'll look at your significant other, and incidentally, your significant other someday will be your false personality. You'll look at your f false personality, and that will be your significant other, and you'll say, so what? And it'll be whining and suffering and doing all the things that it does, and going through all its histrionics, and telling its story, and you'll say, so what? Because you will no longer be identified with it to the extent that you are now. You have a little bit of this now. You have a taste of this now. That's why you're smiling, because you know this is true. You know this is true. What you don't like is that it takes so long. That's what you don't like, because the false personality wants it to happen faster. Well, if you're going to get rid of me, then go ahead and do it now. Get it over with. Yeah. Just do it and get it over with. Just kill me and get it over with. And it's such a martyr, you know. <laughs> that's what that is. Just in case you didn't know what that was, that's what that is. I'd point that out to you, because it's fun, and because I'm a terrible person. We're so bogged down in our acquired life, we're all about being mechanically good. 
externally good because of how we'll appear. Look, what we care about is what other people think. That's what we care about. All of our falseness is based on what other people think or what we think other people think. So it's all about looking good to them, externally good. So everything we're doing is a good one. And it's a tough, tough day for the false personality, for imaginary I. The day that you realize, so what? It really doesn't matter what they think, if they even think anything at all. How can a bunch of machines be said to think? All they're doing is reacting. So what should I be worried about? When this starts to dawn on you in a real way, in a real way, when you really begin to realize this, it's like the freedom that comes from that is glorious. It's glorious. It's like having fish hooks taken out of your eyes. It's like having bamboo shoots pulled out from under your fingernails, you know, and you get to now start to heal. It's really wonderful. It's not the end of it, but it's, it's the beginning of something. It's not the end of anything, but it's the beginning of something. And remember that love has only a beginning. This thing that we're in has an end. But love has only a beginning. It has no end. Unless we're freed from the external, we'll never get to this hidden goal inherent in us like a seed from birth. We're born self-developing organisms, as this work says, who could reach real I, which is only potential for us now. Real I is something that's potential for us right now. We don't know anything about it other than once in a while we can like hear it on the wind. This is distant something, distant sound. We may catch a whiff of it, maybe, we think. We may get a taste of it, maybe, we think. And what we really have is something more real. But it's enough to keep us moving in that direction. If you can remember it. If you will make the effort to remember it. If you won't make the effort to remember it, it's an entirely different thing. To do this, we have to leave imaginary eye. The world will not support this journey, but will hinder it at every step. You've got to leave imaginary eye. That means all these other imaginary eyes are now your enemy. All these other imaginary eyes are now here to stop you. I did a time training thing one time, and the guy said something that I thought was rather unique. He said, everything in this room is just everything in this room. But here you are standing at X. on the, You make an X on the floor. And you took a piece of tape and you made an X on the floor. Then he took the piece of tape and he made a Z over here on the other side of the room. He said, to get from X to Z, you've got to get through all these things that were just things in the room but are now obstacles that now stand between you and ecstasy. It was his thing, and that's why I remembered it, X to Z, ecstasy. And I thought, it's clever, but it's right. When you pick a goal, when you pick an aim, everything changes. What used to be just there, what used to be just a sofa, just a person, is now in your way. It's now part of opposing force. Another way to look at it, remember in the Matrix that anyone in the Matrix was a potential agent? Remember that little program they ran with the girl with the red dress? And anybody in that program could turn into an agent because the agent could go anywhere in the program because it was programmed to go anywhere in the program. And that's what it's like for us. Everything, when you start to do this work, everything in the program, in this matrix that we're living in, everything becomes your enemy. Everything is about stopping you. And if you think it's any other way, you are mistaken. And you'll have to see this for yourself. I have seen this for myself. That doesn't mean that everybody's my enemy. Everybody's my friend. But I have made a friend of opposing force. And when you make a friend of opposing force, then you'll be able to say the same thing. Until then, you need to understand that everybody's your enemy and they're all going to try and stop you. They could turn at any moment because they were part of the matrix. And so the same thing is true with our world. People think they've undergone the transformation from false, imaginary I into real I, when all they're doing is wallowing in self-merit and self-evaluation. That's us. We think, how many times have you thought, I got it, I got it. And you don't have anything. You're, you're just wallowing in self-merit and self-evaluation. You're just being right. And that's nowhere for you. 
Applying this work to yourself is about making this journey possible, but it's positively negative to the world and everyone and everything that has been acquired through the world. Everything. The acquired self does not want change. The acquired self is everyone you know. The system in which we live is acquired and opposes our transformation. To the system, it's positively negative. This work is anathema to the system. This work is anathema to imaginary I. This work is anathema. This work is Satan to imaginary I. And the ego and the false personality is God to imaginary I. We have everything turned literally exactly opposite and upside down and backwards. This is why the work is always talking about what prevents us from obtaining the goal, because that is all that this is about. There is nothing to obtain. You already are real I. It's just that you don't know it. So everything that prevents you from knowing it must be removed. But because you believe that you are everything that prevents you from knowing it, you don't want it removed because you think you will be removed. And survival and self-love kicks in and will not allow that. It all begins with seeing your false personality, what we imagine that we are. This is where it all begins. And this is where, for most people, it all ends. <laughs> they get a glimpse of their false personality, that's it. They can't handle it. They don't see any more. That's enough. I'll never be able to stand the shock. I'll never be able to stand the shock. Well, you will be able to stand the shock. You won't get any more than you can handle. I got an email one time from somebody. I don't know what I said, but I said something about them. I read their email, and, and I didn't, of course, didn't say who it was or anything, but I read their email, and they recognized themselves. And this person said they were so freaked out that they literally curled up on the bed in a little ball. That's what we're talking about. That is what prevents us from seeing what we are. That prevents us. That feeling that we're going to die. That feeling that the whole world is tearing us apart. That feeling is positively negative to us. And that means we are identified with imaginary eye. Because to real eye, there's nothing to fear. But to imaginary eye, there's nothing not to fear. Everything can be an agent. The work aims at completely obliterating this fictitious idea we have of ourselves. To this idea, this imaginary eye, this is positively negative. How can you see this as something good to be completely obliterated? It's like, there's just nothing good about that. It's insane. We're so accustomed to this fiction that we sleep in it like a baby in a cradle. All the time, it robs us of our internal harmony. It's this from which we must separate, not just hear about it in our sleep. What you've been doing for years is hearing about it in your sleep. You must separate from it. You must do the work to separate from it. You must see this thing as something other than you. You've got to get some distance between you and it. This work is very harsh to us because we live in imagination, because we're full of self-merit and horror of horrors. We're full of self-love. We will live and die sleeping machines. Good or bad sleeping machines matters not in the least until we can allow the work to separate us from this false skin that we're wearing. You cannot do it. The work can do it. I got an email from someone abroad this morning. They wanted to know, when you get force, and suddenly you get force, and you get it at the wrong time when you don't really need it, can you kind of suspend it, go to sleep, and then wake up when you need it and use it? Here's my answer to all of that. You can't do just to get this straight right now, you can't do. You're imagining that you can do. It's like one of the things was, you know, I've been working, 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 and every once in a while I wake up a little. And sometimes it lasts for a while. It lasts for hours. You know, I just wake up, but, 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 it, but I don't wake up at the right time. I need to wake up when I'm negative. I need to wake up when I'm in it. But I don't. I wake up the other times when I don't really need to. It's like, well, you can't do. But I want to control it. I want to make it wake. I want to wake up when I need to wake up. But you can't do. This is not you doing it. You see, you can't do the work. The work does you. 
You have to let the work do you. This is the most horrifying thing to us because our imaginary eye wants to do everything. But real eye doesn't want to do anything. Real eye is happy just to have no cares at all. Just let the whole universe just flow because it's real and it's perfect and nothing can harm it. It's this nut job that we're identified with that we call imaginary eye, false personality. That has to be in control of everything. That has to have its hands on everything. That has to know everything. Patty said something to me last night at dinner. Something about, oh, well, where, what, what, where, where will you be sleeping or something like that? I looked at her. But you have your own room? Yeah, but you have your own room. And I said, that's none of your business. What do you, you don't need to know any of this. What you, shut up. This is what we do. We allow this thing to jump on everything. We allow this thing to answer everything. Everything that happens in life, we allow this thing to answer. Every time the phone rings, this thing goes to answer it. Every time the doorbell rings, this thing goes to answer it. Every time there's a noise, this thing goes to find out what it is. Real Eye doesn't do that. Real Eye sits down and waits for the universe to come to it because it's an integral part of it and it's not afraid of anything. But imaginary eye has to know everything so that it can try and control what it can never control. But it doesn't know that and it doesn't want to know that. And so this work is positively negative to imaginary eye. You know, I'm in the unenviable position of being a mouthpiece for this work and getting to tell you all these positively negative things and take a tremendous amount of heat from people over this. And there does come a time when people get angry and they just shut up about it. And that's it. You know, look, I know you still get angry at me, but you just shut up about it now. You don't just tear at me the way you used to. I mean, you're still there. You're still there. You still don't like it. Oh, well. It was like, oh, well, this is my meaning. This is what I do. Just like you do what you do. This is what I do. And if I could do it some other way, trust me, I would. If I could do it the nice way, the positively positive way, I would do that. I would love to do that. Oh, that would be wonderful if everybody loved me. But they don't. And they can't. And they won't. Because this work will never be popular. This work will never be loved. This work will always be positively negative to the false personality, to the imaginary eye. And that's what I'm working with. False personalities and imaginary eyes. And that's the way it is. I accept that, and it's like, oh, that's great. Now let's do that. You could do that too. Here, the work must separate us from this false skin we wear. Being skinned is positively negative to imaginary eye. This entails becoming much more conscious of ourselves <laughs> through self-observation. We've got to really see this fiction that dominates us. We've got to really see it in detail, up close and personal. When we begin to see, we're not one, but many. We're increasing our consciousness. This is positively negative when those contradictions begin to collide in our awareness. But you've got to begin to see this. Until then, we take ourselves for granted and we sleep. Waking up means not feeling so good about yourself. This is positively negative. It's only when we really feel we're all wrong that we begin to change, that we begin to transform. So tell me, do you really feel that you're all wrong? No. So that's why you're not getting the change and the transformation that you desire, that you think you desire. Because you don't really believe you're all wrong. You don't really feel that you're all wrong. You still have some really good, wonderful things about you that need to be showcased. <laughs> and that, my friend, is self-merit, self-evaluation, and self-love. And the work is after that. That's why the work seems positively negative and harsh to you. Often the practical application of these ideas sounds like it's going to be easy. The ideas sound great. When we actually run into a situation or a person who's being a little more difficult than we'd like, we find it's not as easy as we thought it was going to be. If you've hit a snag with some aspect of this work and its practical application in your everyday life, I invite you to write James at SolidRockVista.com. 
Sometimes a fresh perspective is all it takes to get us back on the right track.